P. Ryan is in. One timeout for Cincinnati. And going deep into the end zone and caught by Chase. Oh, my goodness, what a crab. 34-yard touchdown throw. Burrow back to throw. Fires deep down the yeah. sideline. Chase wide oh, open. Oh, oh. Touchdown. Man. Bengals. Unreal. Hello and welcome to episode 188 of Cincinnati. Feels like the 188 is is a sort of a feels like a bingo call, but it isn't. It seems important 188, but it isn't at all. Anyway, yes, uh, my name is Paul Hines. I think I've already said that I'm tired today, and I didn't even stay up to watch the game uh, last night. But one person who did and will be helping me break it down is Nathan Palmer. Hello, Nathan. How you doing, my son? Yeah, I did stay up for it, and I honestly think my record for staying up and watching Bengals games in prime time, one thirty in the morning onwards, is fairly diabolical, and it, it didn't improve <laughs> last night. You ever think to yourself, I might just give this one a miss, uh, just for the sake of the team? <laughs> oh, I think I might have to soon, because I tell you, it's a right, like, right slap around the face. It's not only you get a bad loss and you're pissed off, but then... To go to sleep and run off of about three or four hours sleep the next day isn't very nice. Um, it's also I always find it hard as well. I'm sure other people can attest to this, especially the close game like last night where you sort of you're really in there, you're up and out, you see, there's a lot of emotions going through your head. When the game finishes, you can't really just stick your nut down and doze off. You, you no, sort of have to unwind right. for about twenty minutes after. Yeah, because it's a real. I find that a little bit red zone as well. It's quite an intense experience. Yeah. Or watching your team play, it takes a while to wind down because you're so into it and you're so on edge and so wrapped up in the whole action. And of course, Bengals games uh, this year certainly and last year obviously uh, kind of quite tight affairs, weren't they? So you are really on edge until literally the last seconds. Um, which obviously uh, points to the fact that we did lose again in the last second. The third time this year that uh, there's been a walk-off field goal handing the Bengals a defeat, which uh, puts them back to 2-3. and three. The Ravens are clear leaders at 3-2 and two of the AFC North, so it was a big game last night. More importantly, though, the Bengals are 0-2 in the division. That's pretty, well, not what you want, really. Um and yet, we are only five games into the season, so plenty of time left. Um, should we go straight to reaction? Because there's a lot of talking... Well, some major talking points, I would say. A couple of major talking points uh, from the game. I'm, I'm eager to get into it with you, Nathan. Let's do it, my son. I'm ready. Okay, uh, Ravens 19, Bengals 17, Justin Tucker's uh, field goal with something like three seconds left, uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, put the Bengals into a tie for second place with the Browns, two and three in the division. Now then, here's the thing, right? If you'd have told me last week that we were going to limit Lamar Jackson to 174 yards passing and 58 yards rushing, I would have given you a big kiss, taken you out for a steak dinner and asked your dad to uh, for your hand in marriage, I think. So um, on the on the on the very surface of things, it looked like a job well done for the Bengals defense. Um we just couldn't play. It was another woulda, coulda, shoulda game, I think, wasn't it? 100%, and you're right about the stats. I mean, like, anyone I thought you were going to say about the uh, steak dinner, but. Uh... <laughs> but no, anyone would have taken those stats coming into the game, especially on the road in a primetime game. And yeah, it just underlines the fact that this Bengals offense couldn't get going. It stuttered. It started for a bit. It, it, you know, when it mattered at the end, they were able to string together a really impressive drive and bang it in there. But 
you've got to do more than that and you can beat up the clock there but you get you, you hand the ball back to the ravens and i, I when joe boy snuck it in i was i was buzzing i was thinking to myself core blimey you know we could win this we're ahead you know this is a really good game to to win if we could sneak it out but you just kind of know don't you you only got a two-point lead you give the ball to, to uh, lamar jackson three timeouts plenty of time on the clock and you just kind of feel like with Justin Tucker as well that the inevitable was going to happen and that's the problem for the Bengals at the moment they've got to play for four quarters or even three quarters you know I think at this point I'd take mm-hmm. that but you can't just turn up at the end try and you know string together a good drive and think you've done enough on offense that they've got to be more consistent they've got to be more explosive they can't just limp along like this and hope the defense bails them out. I should also add uh, something we'd been desperate for. Um, Joe Mixon, 78 yards on 14 carries, but the crucial stat there is uh, 5.6 yards a carry, which was a huge improvement. And there were, I mean, there were things to like last night. Hayden Hurst had a good game. Uh, Hendrickson looked terrific. The secondary, again, looked really decent. Um, Mixon looked good. I still think Burrow's not quite on it, though. Would you agree? I don't think he's quite on it. Yeah, no, I agree. It, it, he looks quite shaky. He doesn't look like he's confident throwing the ball down the field. A lot of the play designs seem to be sort of short passes, you know, just designed to get the ball into people's hands. They feel very scripted. Um, you could tell last night at the start of the game with Jamar Chase, I just felt going into the game, he's been a bit quiet the last couple of weeks. He had that fantastic first week, but it's been a bit quiet ever since. And in my mind, I thought to myself, I can just see Zach Taylor here, want to get Jamar Chase going early, get the ball in his hands. And, but it's too obvious, you know, and I think if I can think that and sort of script that and think, oh, I bet that's what Zach Taylor is going to try and do. I bet he's, you know, we're going to try and get Chase a big game. You know that the defensive coordinator and John Harbour at the Ravens are going to think that's what they're going to try and do. You know, he's not been playing that well recently. They want to try and get him going early and you could then sort of play design for that. So I don't know. I just it all felt a little bit. I mean, we'll get into it in more details, but it just felt a bit stagnant and a bit sluggish. And the the thing to me that I thought was weird yesterday, you touched on Joe Mixon. They've been absolutely feeding him the ball in the first four weeks of the season. 24 carries against the Dolphins, 27 carries against the Steelers, 19 carries against the Cowboys. You know, really high average in those games. And yeah, against the Ravens, he was running it pretty well. Only 14 carries. Yeah. And I just I just found it strange. It's almost like when something's not working, the Bengals are stubborn and they want to get it going. And they almost want to be like, you know, that famous line of Zach Taylor's, we're just going to keep doing it until the dam breaks or whatever the, the quote was. But it's like last night it was working, and yet they only ran the ball 14 times with Joe Mixon. So, you know, I've, I've, I found that slightly odd, you know, especially when, you know, and again, we'll probably get to this, but you get down to the goal line and on that drive before and you get second and goal and you're trying to run, you know, the Philly special and all these plays like that and you get sacked yeah. and lose 12 yards. I mean, that's where it's like, why are we overcomplicating it there? You're running back, getting the ball, you know, getting the job done, second and goal, like just back yourself, or sorry, first and goal, they're like the two or three back your running back that's averaging five and a half yards a carry, you know, in three, four plays to get that ball in the end zone and force your way in there. And ultimately, that's where I think the Bengals lost the game last night. Yeah, it all came down to that little series inside the Ravens' five-yard line in the second half. The Bengals had a chance to put a little bit of distance between themselves and... um, and this is the argument that's raging on uh, social media and no doubt in amongst the uh, hostelries and uh, seedy... Uh, uh, <laughs> I was going to say something else there. Well, well, houses of ill repute uh, up and down the land where Bengals fans frequent. Um, if your uh, running back, as you say, is averaging over five yards of carry, you get down to the two, what do you do? You let him smash it into the into the end zone, right? That's that should be the obvious play call, and yet, as you mentioned, we went for a Philly special, uh, and then we went for uh, you know once that spectacularly backfired, it was pretty embarrassing, really. Do you remember when Andy Dalton used to try trick plays under Marvin Lewis, and they always came off really badly? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was that sort of feeling last night. And also they tried a shovel pass on fourth and two. So there's a lot to unpack here. First of all, why don't you let your running back 
smash it into the end zone. If he's running well, the offensive line is blocking reasonably well. Um, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit here. Because the obvious answer is, yes, you give the ball to Mixon and give him four go. If you're going to go for four down, give him four goes just to run it in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, um, I agree. I agree. You literally were they were at the two yard line. You've yeah, got to think yeah, between yeah, Mixon yeah. and Joe Boy sneaking, like yeah. surely you get that ball in there in four tries, or you'd say the odds of that is pretty damn high. Y- yes, no, I agree. But Mixon had been accumulating all his yards in light boxes. You know, they they were playing two high safeties, so there's plenty of room there to plenty of wiggle room for Mixon to break onto the second level if that offensive line could uh, could make some holes for him, and he was he was doing really well last night from what I saw. But running uh, five point six yards a carry uh, against light boxes, and then suddenly confronted with uh, a big a big boy goal line stop package, is a is a different kettle of fish as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with you, but you, you got to remember Joe Mixon's one of the highest players on the team. He had a, a fantastic year last year. I know he's been poor this season, but he was running the ball well. I think if you can't back your supposed like top ten sort of star running back that you paid a lot of money to bash the ball in from two yards out, then you've got a problem. And I think until you, you get, I mean, even if they get knocked back one or two times, you know, you're beating down the defense, you're running a bit of clock. I just I just think that to run a Philly special and Tyler Boyd gets sacked for 12 yards when you're down at the two-yard line, like on first down as well, just felt really, you know, like not the smartest thing to be doing in that situation. What happens if those if those plays work? Well, no, you you turn around and you say, fair enough, don't you? But you say, I, I just think, I, I, do just think yeah. I do think at the two-yard line, you've got a running back that we're supposed to believe in. I just... That's one where you just think, like, put it in. There's no need. It's like that whole Seattle, New England Super Bowl. Like, you can sometimes just try and overthink yourself yeah, there. And yeah. I just think in that situation, like, just ram the ball down their throat and, you know, give yourself a go at trying to get the ball in the end zone. The other thing that, and I, I'm not, this won't be a popular thing, I, I really don't think, but fourth and two, when they, and I almost when they got the ball um, to chase, they threw it 12 yards on third and 14. Yeah, and you yeah, got it down yeah. to the two yard line, fourth and two. I honestly think in that situation, man, kick the field goal. And I know it's oh, not popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's not popular, but I just think that in that situation, like a tight game like that, take the points. You know, the Bengals have not been great on fourth down this season. They've had a couple of instances where they can't get over the line. They had that Jamar Chase end around that didn't work last week. And the offense hadn't been playing well all game. Ravens quite a stubborn defense. They've got a lot of takeaways this year. I just think you've got to not be afraid in certain situations to just take the points, get yourself ahead. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. just do your best to try and keep the points on the ball and on the board. And you look at the game last night, you lose by two points. That field goal is the difference if you kick it there um, and move forward. I think Zach Taylor at times, I think he can be a bit too aggressive at times. And some people will laugh at that because they say he's too conservative. But I just sometimes this all out aggression approach that just seems to be the popular thing around the league at the moment. I think in certain situations you have to question, you know, if it's the right call. There was a couple of times John Harbaugh in the game last night had those decisions. And I think he came out, you know, slightly. Well, better he, off. he was burnt last week because he did exactly yeah. what Zach Taylor did last week against. Uh, it was no, it wasn't the Dolphins. Who was it against the Bills? Well, yeah, the Bills. And he went for it on fourth and two, and it failed, and that sort of cost him the game, really. And he learnt his lesson this time around because there was a fourth and goal, um, and he went for the field goal. He didn't try and punch it in. Uh, this yeah, time everyone, around, yeah. Zach decided to go for the point, you know, go for the touchdown rather than the field goal. It, you can go back and forth on that one. Yeah, I yeah. I didn't hate going for going for it on on fourth and goal. I didn't. Um, it's interesting to me, though, and I, I'd also say what I've seen on Twitter, obviously a bit of a barometer, but speak for everyone, um, the majority of people were, were fairly happy with that, that call. You know, Not necessarily the play call, but the actual decision to go for it on, on fourth and two. And, of course, it just didn't work out. It was, And they did the shovel pass against the Jets, and it worked beautifully, and it would have been a great touchdown. If uh, if not for a Cordell Volson holding uh, penalty, but this time it looked. I mean, again, another really poorly. And I do think you've got to put some blame on the players. These plays were not executed very well. You look at the um, uh, 
at the Stanley Morgan shovel pass. And from what I saw, I think it was Hayden Hurst and who had a, who had otherwise a really good game. And Jonah Williams, I need to go back and check, were trying to block the same guy, which left a big gap for someone to run through. Um, yeah. They just didn't. They're just not executing at the right times. And I do think the players have got a. Yes, you can have a go at Zach Taylor's play calling. I didn't hate the play calls. I know that sounds bad. I mean, obviously, I think if it were me, I would have tried to bash it in with Mixon um, four times. But I didn't hate the play calls. It's how they line up. It's how they sell that play to the defence, you know. And I think there's something going on there where defences know exactly what we're going to do. And it's well, either, I, I, I it's think, a weird I think, thing. Yeah, I think what I think what the Bengals are trying to do on offence, and they did it last year, and I think they're really, and they're really doing it this year. And it's, it's a really odd one as a fan because I just think they want to go deep. I just think all opportunities, they're looking downfield and Burrow's got his eyes down the field and he wants to hit Chase, he wants to hit Higgins. And you look at the game last week, you know, the Bengals at, at times really didn't look like they were doing much. Then all of a sudden you get a 60-yarder, um, you know, to T Higgins. You've had a couple of long plays to Tyler Boyd this year. You know, there's one to Chase. It's like that's kind of what they want to do and it's what they did very effectively last year. But if you're not getting those, mm. sometimes I just question, you know, sometimes the drives just never look hugely fluid. You know, they never yeah, look yeah, like well, no, eight yard pass here or 15 yards there, eight yards there. Like they just feel very sort of like all or nothing at times. And it's great. You know, everyone wants to see um, T Higgins and Jamar Chase go 70 yards down the field and score big points and, you know, be very, very flashy. But, I just think maybe, like you said, teams have cottoned onto it a bit more this year and they're, they're able to lock them down. And I, I do worry about this offense at times. I really do, because it just it just hasn't looked right. And there's a few people that don't look right. Mixon doesn't look right. I mean, yeah, OK, played OK last night on 14 carries. Nothing too special. Um, but oh, it's a huge fantastic. improvement, though. Huge improvement. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he, was, he was better last night for sure. But, you know, Burrow's definitely not looked right. You know, he looks far from the player that we saw at the end of last season. I think Jamar Chase has looked off. He's had a hump up. Um, a fumble, he's had a few drops, he just doesn't look like he can, you know, get into the game as perhaps you'd like him to. Um, it, it just, I mean, T Higgins has been great and it, we missed him last night with his ankle injury. But yeah, really don't, don't discount the, the, the effect of T Higgins going out last night had on that team. Because, uh, like, you look at, you talk about that goal line play, your prime, I know Chase can do it, but your prime fade target in that situation is T Higgins and he wasn't on the field. There's no... You know, he's he's great at going up and getting the ball, you know, and um, I would have backed him if, if Joe Boy wanted to throw a fade um, in that uh, position. Um, yeah, it's frustrating. There are also other patterns that sort of worry me uh, a little bit with this offence. Um, how we come out in the game and start, I mean, we, again, relinquished a 10-point um lead uh, last night and yes we were level by half time and looking better you know but it took you know it took a von bell interception to kind of uh, get us give the spark to the team do you know what i mean and really that shouldn't be the case and is there a problem here with scripted plays coming out of you know if you're starting off first there there does seem to be a real problem with scripted plays uh and uh, you know at the point of and, you know, the fact that this team just does not start well. And it's whereas last year we were winning games despite not starting well. This season, it's the other way around. And there's another slight pattern here as well. The defense, as good as it's been, in the three losses, has failed to stop uh, teams on that last drive. And listen, I know it's really difficult. I know they're probably completely knackered from playing a lot of minutes and a lot of snaps. Yeah. yeah. It's the last drive of the game. Everything's on the line. Um, but you saw what the, the Ravens did. They said, like, we're just going to put it in into the hands of our two guys, and that is Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. And we couldn't really stop them, you know what I mean? Whereas before, we... Okay, Mark Andrews had some big plays throughout the game. Lamar was, you know, pretty good, but he was more or less contained... Which, yeah, completely. Which you know goes back to my point at the start of the, game, uh, the the episode. If you'd have told me that we'd have limited him to kind of, 
you know, what was it? Nine, I mean, 19 of 32, he missed a lot of passes, you know, he yeah. had an interception. He, looked he was only rattled. sacked once. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but there was but play- yeah, their run game didn't really get going. I mean, he, he got going, he started running the ball towards the end of the game, and I think that's, yeah. again, smart design by the Ravens on the basis that Bengals have been out there a long time. It's a very even game in terms of who was on the field. I think it was almost exactly 30 minutes each, but I think they did. They were quite clever, and at the end of the game, when Lamar hadn't really run it much, had the sort of spring in his step, and the Bengals, you know, like you said, the guys at the end, they're tired. They've been chasing him all game. Then they let him loose a bit on a few design runs, and that's what really broke them open for for the field goal at the end. Mm. So, yeah, there's a few patterns here. Scripted plays at the start of the game and the energy that comes out starting the game. There's um, And then sort of the defence right at the end. It's the very start and the very end of games that we seem to have big trouble in at the moment. And, yes, you can question the play calling. You know, it's, it's Zach and Brian, it has to be said. Um, you know, formulating game plans and putting stuff together. Do they deserve criticism? I think they do. I wasn't as mad as some people were, you know, the play calling on that drive, uh, just because we've seen the shovel pass work for the Bengals in the last couple of weeks. Uh, And the Philly special, I I don't like the Philly special. I think it's a really high-risk play. Um, So, you know, on balance, I think I would have tried mixing a couple of times, then... Tried something else with Burrow. Um, but I don't know, they're trying stuff. You know I mean? We were calling out for the Bengals to be more creative, and they are trying stuff. But I, yeah. I, I just, yeah. it's really difficult to put your ha- a finger on what is going on there. There's probably a bunch of stuff. You know, the fact that perhaps confidence is a little bit low, the offensive line looking a little bit better each game, certainly yesterday in the in the run game. Yeah. slowly coming together. But you're right. The teams are taking away the big play. And the, and the way to get those safeties back up into the box is run the football because they're going to come start coming back down. You made a really good point earlier. If Mixon is facing light boxes for the majority of the game, I don't know for certain what that percentage is, and he's having success for a change, keep doing it until you bring those safeties up and then bang there's your chance for a big play down the field um yeah it's it's there's a lot of head scratches out there isn't there really i I, I don't know i i think for me i'm not i'm right on the fence at the moment between being legitimately worried and thinking we're missing a big opportunity here and thinking there's no reason to panic a lot of teams last year i mean the uh, Paul Dania pointed out on Twitter today that the Chiefs and the 49ers both started two and three last year. You often see in the NFL, 17 games now, a lot of teams do just play inexplicably badly here and there. We had some terrible games last year amongst some fantastic games. You know, you think about the Jets game last year, there were some others that were particularly um, poor and head scratching and people thought Zach Taylor was toast, you know, by about week six last year and you look what happened. They turned it around. They won some very, very good games. So, the, the question I've got here with this team is, do they have another gear? You'd hope so, because they've not been anywhere well, they, near. Well, they showed the... it last year, didn't they? They went to another gear. They, they went to another they level did. after that bye week. That for, yes. so, for some reason, they managed to work it out. And you hope, again, Paul Dana made a really good point on here, the podcast, Growling the Walkout. Last season, there were glimpses of explosiveness down the field, you know, but they just weren't doing it consistently. There are no glimpses. I mean, apart from the T long T touchdown. No, that's true. There's not that's a true. lot of like explosiveness to hang your hat on, really. If I can mix my metaphors there. Um, right. Okay. So here's some stats. Lance McAllister at Lance McAllister said um, uh, yards per play this season. Twenty eighth in the league is four point. Uh, it was Carolina with four point eight six. Twenty ninth is the Colts four point eight five. The Steelers at number 30 with 4.83. And number 31, the Bengals with 4.81 yards per play this season. And bottom of the pile are the Rams the uh, with 4.80. Um, that says a lot, really, I think, in terms of how they're not wow. pushing it down the field. And also, you look at those two teams last in that uh, little chart, uh, is the two 
reigning AFC and NFC champions respectively. And they're both two and three, and they're both struggling a little bit, which is, I don't know if that's any consolation to anyone, which, you know, it shouldn't be, frankly. But um, And then Mike Renner at PFF. I mean, you can go through Twitter on Monday, and everyone is putting up all kinds of stats from all over the place. I think we should start our own fake stats service just to see if people will start tweeting them out. Um, this is from Mike Rennett at PFF, a real stat and a real person from a real place. Uh, Burrow's expected points added, EPA, per dropback is 0.160 against single high, uh, one deep safety. Uh, that number drops to minus 1.84 when teams are in two high looks, which is mostly what the Ravens played on Saturday night. So there's a big drop off there. I wonder if it just. I wonder if it's a combination of they're not quite working things out, or Burrow's not quite working things out and diagnosing it. And I don't know. It's it's such a tricky one, isn't it? I want to go back to the. Um, again, it's what everyone's talking about. It is the and it's, to be fair, it's the game breaker that kind of um, those four downs inside the five yard line, right? Why isn't Zach Taylor giving Joe Mixon the ball in that situation? Is it a trust issue? Is it a fear issue? Do you know what I mean? Is is it a lack of trust in his offensive line and Joe Mixon not to get it done down there? Or is it, um, let's say, that's a bit allied to fear and uh, being afraid to trust the run game? Uh, in that situation, is it is it that? Do you think? Um, possibly. I mean, yeah, with Mixon, possibly. I mean, I, and maybe you're not sure about the line. I mean, you saw Leo Con- uh, Collins running off the field yesterday. Zach Taylor chasing him down the sidelines to give him a piece of his mind about you know him not having the correct assignment on the blocking for the fourth down play. So. I think he's probably a bit concerned with what he's seeing in terms of the new guys and they're still sort of getting that chemistry together. And the line is playing a bit better, you'd say. You know, Burrow was only sacked twice last night. It does look like he's got a little bit more time back there. And obviously, it's not just protecting Burrow, which is the line's job. It's making sure that you've got the right running lanes for Mixon. I know that he called a meeting with the guys this week to try and, you know, get on the same page a bit more. And you look how that translated to 5.6 yards a carry. I mean, you don't want to sit here and say, oh, it's all fixed. You know, we're back on track with one week's um, worth of worth of data here. But that certainly looks like it is trending in the right direction. And the Bengals have got to find that run game out. I think if Joe Mixon can consistently run the ball 15 to 22 times a game and regularly put up between 60 and 120 yards and, you know, really, we really feel that he's able to grind out like four or five, six yards on first down to really set you up a bit. I think this offense will be so much better for it. He was better last night. To be fair, it didn't translate massively um, into Burrow having a better performance. But the one thing I would say, and this is something that worries me a bit, that I think other defences will be looking at with the Bengals' run game, do they really think there's someone quick enough that's just going to tear them up for big yards? You know, Joe Mixon's getting a little bit older now. He's struggled this season with long runs. Even yesterday, he's a long of 12 yards. He's really not broken off any big ones. You know, he's a strong guy. He's on the, you know, the sort of higher end weight-wise of running backs. Obviously, Samar J.P. Ryan's absolutely not a guy that's, you know, lightning but quick. I thought he's he played big... well yesterday. Yeah, I mean, he had, he had three carries and he, he was all right. But he's not, neither one of them have got that, like, breakaway speed that I think other defences are necessarily concerned by. Yes, they're big blokes. Yes, they're going to hit you. Yes, they're going to, um, you know, grind out some yards on the ground and do their best. But I just think perhaps the teams are looking at them both and going, hmm, you know, I don't think either one of these guys is getting past um, our secondary. You know, yes, they might get seven or eight yards, but they're not going much further than that. And that's the only thing at the moment that worries me. You know, Mixon really hasn't had one big run this season that I can remember off the top of my head, neither has P. Ryan. Um, so perhaps that's why, you know, defences are sitting there and saying, Meh, you know, we don't really need to to be worried about this. Um, and yet last so, yeah. night, though, they were, you know, Mixon rushing out 5.6 yards of carry. You keep doing that and defences will start to adjust and that's when you hit them. That's when you yeah, hit them. Yeah, 
I, I get your point. I just worry perhaps that the speed's not there for a big one. They're not worried about the Bengals on the like the running game being able to tear it through the middle for 50 yards. I mean, that you know, when you've got a player like Lamar Jackson that can just tear you like that, he's got the speed to do it. That causes, you know, safeties to have to move around, linebackers to have to consider, well, you know, what if this guy manages to get mm. to the edge and stuff like that? And it, it, it makes you sort of worried. Whereas with Joe Mixon, I'm not sure the other linebackers or, you know, people on the other the opposing defences are sitting there thinking, oh, he could get, if he, we give him an inch of space, he could be gone. Yeah. And therefore, maybe sort of accounting for that. That That's my only worry at the moment. Like, yeah, fine. I mean, again, like 14 carries for 78 yards, no touchdowns. You know, he had nothing in the passing game yesterday, Mixon. Well, he had a couple of catches, but for no nothing of any note. You know, that's yeah, fine. I mean, you know, 5.6 yards is okay, but no massive gains. You know, it was certainly an improvement. But I think moving forward that is the key for this offense is being able to run that ball successfully and not only successfully but really sort of you know be explosive on it you know be able to have some 30 yard mm. plus runs you know really put the ball in the end zone um you know running the ball so that would just take the pressure off joe boy i think um, and enable him to just um you know have some slightly better opportunities hopefully um looking down the field yeah, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of ingredients in this pot of uh, doom that's bubbling away on the stove. I think uh, there's a bit of lack of confidence. I think there's still a bit of lack of synchronicity. I think there's a bit of play calling. There's a bit of everything going on, and mostly, and that you know, you you cook that up and you put it in a big inconsistency pie, basically. Uh, that we're just so inconsistent. We're just like one week we're not running the ball well, the next week we do better but do worse in other things. It's, yeah. you know I mean? it's very frustrating. And you know, I know those guys are trying really hard. No doubt they're a bit flummoxed. Uh, from what I gather last night, there was the, there was the first sign of real frustration in the locker room. Uh, saw that little clip of Zach Taylor running alongside Leal Collins. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I mean it might have been nothing and people just making something out of nothing really, but uh they you know Zach doesn't normally get that animated and and I saw so as I say going into that big pot of ingredients is execution. I just don't think they're executing very well at all. Um or at least pretty fitfully. So yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's really frustrating. We again, we really could and should have won that game last night. I think, even though we didn't play yeah. great, we had yeah. that chance, and we cannot afford to let chances. You know, as the season ticks by, we're going to get towards halfway of the season, and that's going to be, you know, we're going to have to put games like this away. Uh, right, let's go. Just- just, just quickly, Salam, just, just I think one thing to end on a positive note. Yeah. Like I said before, you look back last season at the Chiefs and the 49ers, they both went two and three. We had some stinkers last year as well. The team's pretty healthy. You, you've got to think that they're going to be looking at this and saying to themselves, like, come on, we need to sort this out. You are also last night on the road on a primetime game against a very good team. Like the Ravens will be there. They'll be in the playoffs, you'd have thought. You know, Lamar Jackson is a fantastic quarterback. He's by far the best quarterback um, that we've come up against this season. I know they're... You know, their sort of skill players aren't necessarily outside of Mark Andrews. There's no one really. Well, that, Bateman, Bateman was ruled out yesterday, wasn't he? Uh, Rashad ba- Bateman, who's had yes, a yeah, exactly. But but in terms of what they had on the field yesterday, Duvernay is quite a sort of versatile player. Yeah, but, I quite like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, Solid he handle as well. Solid yeah. handle. <laughs> um, yeah, but they're not. They're not amazing, but they'll certainly be in there for the playoffs. They'll be it'll be us versus them for the division title. You probably think, unless the Browns can really get something going when Deshaun Watson comes back. But um, they're a good team, and again, you lose it by a field goal at the death. Justin Tucker misses that field goal from forty-three yards yesterday, and all of a sudden you're saying, "Cool, that was quite a plucky win, wasn't it?" Oh, we did enough. Joe Boy stepped up when it mattered. He, he he can do that, and he did it against the Steelers and. You know, all of a sudden you're feeling quite warm about yourself, top of the division. So it's fine margins. We're not getting blown out in any of these games. The defence no. looks very, very good. The next part of our schedule, the next five or six weeks is is good. You know, that's where the Bengals have got to step up. And I can understand a lot of the frustration that's bubbling out there at the moment because it's serious. You know, this is the best team on paper 
that we've probably ever seen. The most realistic chance going into a season of winning a Super Bowl that we've ever seen. So, you know, with Zach Taylor and the coaching staff and the rest of it, if there's any concern or anxiety that actually this is holding this team back, then, you know, it's, it's a fair point. It's something to consider because... Again, it's our best chance. You never know when you're going to be in this position again. The NFL, very short windows. You know, you've got contracts coming up, et cetera, et cetera. We've said it all before, but the team just has to get it right soon. You really want to see a good performance in the next couple of games, get some, you know, solid wins by sort of 14, 20 points, you know, really see Joe Burrow. Mate, come out I, there, just, I just three- take wins at the moment. I don't care. Well, about true, 14, but you, you, points, you want to yeah. see an explosive performance from Burrow, don't you? You want to see some yeah, consistent yeah, performances yeah, from no, Mixon. You want to you want to feel like we can you know string a couple of drives together in a row, and you know you want to see. I tell you what, you want to see for me anyway. I want to see Jamar Chase have a good game and really get involved, and you know maybe have 140 yards and um, eight nine receptions, just really get him going um, and get him back. And obviously, you want to see T Higgins back on that field as well, but. I'm not I'm not panicking yet by any means. It's frustrating and it's it's a bit ugh, you know it's a bit it's one of those where you just mm. like come on like you know you, I think everyone has such higher expectations of this team than we've had in the past and that's they're fueling a bit of this anger but I am somewhat confident that they're going to get out of this and they're going to be better but it's teetering on the edge of mild frustration as as I, as I think you said some yeah a lot of people today calling for Zach to relinquish play calling duties a lot of play a lot of people out there also screaming about the play calling which frankly no offense to, to people who are saying that because you know they've got some points somewhere but I do think that is just like a generic criticism that people just scream when a team doesn't win. I want to know what do you mean? Why why isn't it good play calling? What would have you done in you know that kind of thing? Uh, and I say I'm not. I don't. I'm not as mad at those um, um, those calls in you know on the goal line in the second half because they've worked in the past. You know what I mean? Obviously, we're not seeing the Bengals do a Philly special, and I'd rather that be taken off. But the, you know. A couple of weeks ago, the the shovel pass worked really quite nicely. Um, so I, personally, I would have gone with a Mixon or even P Ryan at that uh, at that uh, uh, down and distance. But uh, I didn't hate the the calls really, if that makes sense. So anyway, let's get to our correspondence. Uh, we are of course at Huday underscore UK. On Twitter, Bengals UK on Facebook. Let's go to Andrew Dockerall at Dockers77. Only conceded nine in the second half. We could only score seven. That's the thing. If you just like stop the count at only conceded nine in the second half, you're thinking that's another outstanding display by the defence. Another touchdown, you know, another touchdownless second half. I just need to check that. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, another touchdownless second half for this defense, which is really quite outstanding. But then you ally to the fact to that that the fact that we can only score seven. Huge six weeks ahead, Andrew says, and he's put a graphic um, up uh, and another tweet saying he wants a minimum of, or he genuinely thinks that we need a minimum of five wins for the next. Uh, seven fixtures. Now, let's go through them. We're in New Orleans this weekend. We're at home against Atlanta. We're at Cleveland uh, on uh, the Monday night game on the um, 30th of October, or for us, Tuesday, November the 1st. Uh, Then we're at home to Carolina, who just fired Matt Rule. Then we get a bye week. Then we're at Pittsburgh, another late night game. And uh, a Sunday night game, that is. And then we are at the Titans, who are just starting to find a bit of form as well. So there really is some winning, winnable games there. We'll talk about the New Orleans. And it is crucial. If we can't, you know, scrape together four or five wins out of that lot, then second half of the season is going to be very difficult. Stuart Davis at Stu Davis. Slow start, disastrous play calling when it mattered. O-line's still a problem years on, but we still should have won that game. Absolutely have to start turning these games around and be less flippant when we lose them. It's annoying 
and needs to change. Respect to the defence, though. Um, Katie Ellis at Tatey Floss one um, gutted to have lost to the Ratbirds, but all of our losses this year have been three points or less, which makes it extra gutting, and that is a pattern in itself, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah, I, the, the, it is positive for sure because, like I said, if you get them blown out by teams, you'd be asking serious questions, and I think it speaks to the quality of the defence. Um, I think it's hard when you look back at that Steelers game more than anything else to lose by three in that, considering just how poor they are this season. But again, then you look back at the Dallas game and they actually look pretty damn good. Um, and like I said, the Ravens are good. So I think it's a good point. And if we can keep that up and um, just make sure we're not ever getting in situations where we're getting pummeled by teams, and I think it's fair enough. Like in, in many ways, you, you talk about that stat, about the three points. On the right day, Tucker misses his field goal. You know, you sneak it out against the Cowboys. I'm sorry, but Justin could... Tucker's not missing any field goals. No, ever. true, he's not. <laughs> but if he, if he did, and you scraped out the win against the Cowboys, which was very, very close at the end there, and all that happens is Evan McPherson kicks a, an extra point or a 23-yarder, you're 5-0. and So, you know, it's a, it is really a game of fine margins there. You know, points either way, and it looks very, very different indeed. So that's why I think there's no need to panic. The, the, the the ingredients are there, you know. Uh, uh, slam dunk, slam dunk the funk. Um, Solid handle. Plus points, Hayden Hurst, defence, and we actually ran the ball well in the second half, concerning that the first quarter was woeful, to say the least. Why can't we just punch it in from two yards? Zach tried to be too smart, and it cost us with the Tyler Boyd trick play. Uh, Jamie at Trequart Beaster. There's a lot of discourse about the play calling and the goal-to-go downs, but something that hasn't been discussed much is the complete failure on our opening drives. There are scripted plays 10 days in the making and their only purpose served was to leave us chasing the game. Yeah, that's a good point. Good points, good points, good points. Rob Hill at Surely this season. Solid handle. Sigh. Says Rob, I'm sad. I'm going to I'm going to say that with a sad face. Sigh, uh, sigh. Another game where our offense really struggled, but the defense kept us in with a shout of winning. Good teams win when they don't play great, and we are not doing that. Good point. That is solid point. I would say. Failing to run it and then take the field goal, Rob says. When we were within five yards, was a major error. Collins former worry. Yeah, he's not. He's not uh, really hit the ground running, has he? He's basically no, hit the all. ground a lot and not really got back up. He's on, he is on his ass a lot. His old big layout. Paul at Car Burns. I'm sure this has already been said, but the team never looked confident when playing offense last night. And from what I have seen, it seems to take until the second half of, of games for players to click into place. Now, Paul, you may remember, is brand new to this game. And I tell you what, he's picking this up quite quickly. I think we should retire. And I don't mean that facetiously. Paul, you're you're doing a great job, mate. Stick with us. We're all we're we're all in this for the during the good and the bad and the ugly. And goodness me, we're getting bits of everything in each game so far. Matthew at our Matt. Zach can't call a game, this we know. But eventually, these tight games will start bending our way. Better we lose our toss-up games now than at the end of the season. I mean... Do you know what's interesting, just on the subject of the schedule and stuff? The start of this season, I mean, we got we're away again at the Saints this season. So you four of your six games to start off the season or away from home. And that's always difficult, you know, especially when you're trying to get things going and the, the offensive lines trying to build up a bit of chemistry and cohesion. And you've got some new players on the team. It's loud in these stadiums. You know, everyone thinks they're in it in the first six weeks of the season. So it's by no means ideal for the Bengals. Um, just looking at what they've had for the first six weeks, but encouragingly of the last six games of the season, four of them are at home and they're against good teams, chiefs, Browns, bills, Ravens. So that is something that will benefit the Bengals down the stretch. You know, Paul Brown Stadium or Paycor Stadium, they caught myself there, son, caught myself. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, four of those games out of the six being at home against good teams, that is a real, like, 
thing that you'll want. Last game of the season as well, especially against the Ravens at home, crucially, if that's a game that's going to decide the division. So that's one thing to just remember. If we can just keep clawing out some wins here, win some good games in the next couple of weeks, you've got it at home, four out of those last six games to really grind out the wins um, to get us into the playoffs. We've also got to start beating uh, division rivals as well to... to... Right, uh, Sean, a disciple of Ange, I woke up with a raging hangover from Tottenham at around 2.30. We were 10-0 down at that point, so I actually thought we played quite well. <laughs> um, can't give a team with the best kicker of all time that much time. We need to get it together and fast. Every game is a cup final at the moment. Here, here. And I do think, you know, the if you go to a macro level in games... There's a very, very fine margin here um, because if you keep having to, if you keep digging a hole for yourself and uh, leaving yourself with a huge comeback to make in every single game, as I say, there's there's such a fine line there, such a fine uh, margin of error, do you know what I mean? And uh, at the moment we're coming out on the wrong side. And then if you draw back and take apply that to the whole season. Sean's right. If we don't start winning the ga- winning games, then suddenly that that um that margin of error becomes finer and finer and then suddenly you're on the other side and you're on the outside looking in. So they do need to get it um need to get it uh together and quickly. SF at Binstat um, this equals predictability equals mediocrity equals failure to use strengths. He puts a, a tweet from next-gen next stats saying Joe Borrow averaged the fewest air yards per attempt in a game in his career and was blitzed at the lowest rate in a game in his career, which shows you they're covering a lot more on the back end and trying to you know, take away the plays, if you know, the deep plays, the, the explosive plays, if they're not blitzing a lot. Burrow did not complete his only deep attempt of the game, so there was only one uh, attempt at a deep pass. That's not great, is it, really? Um, Matt Gibbs at Wakey Ram. Lamar missed two or three wide-open TD throws. Defence did well, obviously, but they were close to a much bigger loss. No, that's a fair point. I mean, that one that he missed on, I think it was yeah, the fourth down. I mean, open, I think he makes that throw, you know, 99 times out of 100 yeah. if he's to do it again. So, I mean, that really did bail us out a little bit there. Exactly. Stuzy at Neil underscore Stewart. Do you find Joe saying in his presser, if teams are going to play us like that, then there is just nothing down the field quite concerning? I did think that was an odd thing to say. He almost felt slightly defeatist. I don't think he meant it to come across like that. No, but yeah. I mean, it, it does feel a, a little bit like, and I, I hate saying this, but it does feel like we've been out-schemed quite a lot this year yeah, in terms no, of that. And I think that's what he's sort of saying, that you know these teams are either finding ways to take Jamar Chase out of the game and then basically saying, well, where's your speed? Because you know, T Higgins, obviously in that game last night, wasn't playing much. Then you haven't really got much speed outside of that and obviously we talked a bit earlier about the run game not always functioning so yeah it's something to to just watch I think and that's where again it does come down to coaching and having a word with Joe Boy and saying look how we what are we going to do here let's be creative how can we scheme this and work around what they're doing to us you know this sort of um, 3D 4D chess type thing so fingers crossed they can figure that out and they they really need to um, before things get get a bit dicey Martin at Dorset Bengal, the Super Bowl hangover is real. The Rams have also been found out and have similar issues to the Bengals' offence. The element of surprise is over and it's down to the coaches to steer the ship into new waters. Do they have the creativity to do it, though? That's the big question. People saying that, again, they like Zach as a head coach, not as a play caller. You know, um... Well, we'll soon find out, Martin, because they've got to do something, haven't they? Seiji at Earl of Norks. Solid end. Um, <laughs> defence is awesome, and if they let them, so would the offence. Frustrating, you bet. But there are 12 games left, and I can honestly see us winning the majority if they give them freedom. Nathan Marsh at Marshy one uh, I'm new to actually watching the NFL, despite keeping an eye on uh, the Bengals' results since my late teens. He's now in his early 40s. 
is Nathan. From what I saw from late last season to this, we don't make the most of our chances. Oversimplified, maybe. Again, here's another newcomer that's just telling it like it is. I don't think anyone could disagree with you there, Nathan. Uh, thanks for first-time caller. Thanks you for uh, writing. And he also goes on to say, love the podcast, by the way. Well, there you go, Nathan. Thanks for listening, mate, and thanks for coming on board. Hopefully we'll get to meet you at one of our meetups at some stage in the future. Cheers, Nathan. Derek Davis at D davis underscore zero two we miss dj reader creativity doesn't mean copying five-year-old trick plays from the chiefs and eagles teams may be learning borrow's tricks but there is time to improve red rifle revenge round three indeed indeed uh and of course um we are playing the Saints, and it looks as though Andy Dalton will start. He guided them to... Well, not really. I mean, it was Taysom Hill that guided the Saints to their victory against the Seahawks this weekend, let's be fair. Um, but it is uh, Andy Dalton, whose hair is looking as lustrous uh, as I've ever seen it. I thought it was a syrup when he when I first saw it, but he's, his hair is... I want to know what, he's, what product he's using, um, I think. <laughs> It's got to be a sponsorship deal in there somewhere, isn't there? I think so. Unfortunately, my hair's rapidly departing, so I don't think I can... Uh, unless it is for a syrup. If I, if a wig company wants to get in touch with me, then I'd be, I'd be happy. Well, maybe I wouldn't be happy, actually. Um, just a word. We've got some some of our flock going out to New Orleans. Um, Andrew Dockrell's going to be there, and Scott Gibb and Vicky's going to be out there, and then... Tom McDowell's going to the Atlanta game. Then me and the Touchdown Trips crew. Um, uh, we were just uh, going for the Panthers game. So there's a bunch of Brits going out to the games. And, of course, our, our own Dan and Amy will be out there for the Titans and the Chiefs. I believe you're even thinking about going out there before the year's out, aren't you? So uh, a lot of people going out there this year. So it's, it's great that um, people are taking... The plunge. So, uh, how do you fancy uh, this weekend? I mean, it's a bit of a must-win, isn't it? Again, I, I do think we're capable of winning this game. They're, you know, they're they're yeah. a plucky old team, the Saints. But I mean, you look at they're also very good at home, the Saints, and they'll be buoyed after that win. Uh, they've not really beaten anyone of any real substance, and they have obviously got Winston out. They've got, um, I think Michael Thomas will probably be out for the game against us, but I'm, I'm not sure, certain on that. But, you know, they, they've beaten, you know, they beat the the Falcons, I think, is their only actual win of the, the season by a point. So it's not, you know, they lost to the Panthers, um, which is rather telling. Um, and they did win last night, to be fair, against the Seahawks. But, yeah, I mean... <sighs> They've got some good skill players. I mean, Taysom Hill's always dangerous. You've got to count for him. Alvin Kamara's back. Um, they got well, the, the receivers. They got that Olave, haven't they? Chris Olave and Adam Troutman. So, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, they're at home, and Dalton's always going to be sat there thinking to himself, "It's his old team. He's always going to, you know, have perhaps a little bit more." up his sleeve for that not sure really what his how his relationship ended with Zach Taylor if it was on good or bad terms but certainly I think he'd want to come back there and make a point and at the end of the day for Andy Dalton you know he's getting his gig um a lot of people thought that maybe he was done after the stint with the Bears but he's got a chance obviously now with the Saints to prove himself he's got a win last week albeit like you said you probably attribute that to Taysom Hill but he's he's gonna want to put a good performance in at home and I think the Bengals do really have to step up and play well the bookies really think it's close. They, I think, they give the edge ever so slightly to the Bengals. Um, but it's it's going to be a tough game, you know, going into New Orleans and getting a result. Um, you know, it's always tough. There's obviously the Joe Burrow LSU angle here um, in Louisiana that that gives a bit of extra spice as well. I'm sure him and Jamar Chase are looking forward to that, um, and Tyler Shelvin as well. So. Yeah, it's got the potential to be a good one, hasn't it? Um, in reality, I, I just really think the Bengals, they need to just step up. and They need to step up and put their foot on someone's neck sooner rather than later. And I hope this is the game because I really don't want them slipping too far underneath 500 here. Um, you know, I know this is a difficult game, but 
they need to get the engine going sooner rather than later. And this is against, you know, with all due respect to Andy Dalton, he's not one of the premier quarterbacks around the league. Um, you know, the Saints got a couple of knocks. You, you really kind of fancy, or you should be really fancying your chances in this one. I agree. But then we're, it's another two and three team just like us. Joe Boy isn't playing like a top five quarterback this year, let alone a top 10 quarterback, I have to say. Uh, everything looks a little bit, you know, I don't know, not quite right. Something's not quite right. Um, but all that being said, it should be, you know, I, the Saints are one of my favourite second teams, if you like. Um, so I always enjoy this one. And... Um, a lot of people, I mean, I know a friend who's a Saints fan and he's not a huge fan of um, Dennis Allen, the new head coach. He's not, yeah. you know, a massive fan of him. So, uh, you know, if you're talking about play coaching, uh, play calling going up against each other, maybe maybe we've got a chance there. But Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be tricky. But I think one thing is uh, it's, it's another, already another must-win game, isn't it? Cause, like I, I you don't say, think it's a, I mean, I think you can throw the term around about must-win a bit too easily. I don't think it's a must-win. I think if you lost it, you'd be in trouble and, you, you know, people would be panicking a bit. But you've still got, you know, what, 11 games to go after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Very winnable ones in well, there. Well, the okay, no, not a must-win, but it would be a game that would help us, A, to gain confidence... You know, we're playing arguably a much more explosive and interesting team in the Falcons the week after, which yeah. I expect us to win, but I, I think that might be quite tricky, trickier than you might think. True. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, that game against the, the Panthers at home, I think, goodness me. I mean, yeah. I think the Panthers do they, are they, do they get a new head coach bounce? You know what I mean? It's uh, Well, true, true. But they'll, they're also, they'll also be probably having a bit of a fire sale, won't they? Of any, you know, they're, yeah, they're that's true. Today with the trades and stuff. And I think a lot of them, I think a lot of them would plan for their jobs, won't they? They'll be playing to get some you know, traded to better teams and stuff. So like you said, you you do never know. But I, I just think the Bengals, it's not a must win, but if you lost, it would really, you know, it would really start to put a lot of pressure on you to turn it around very, very quickly. And you you don't want six games into the season to be to be feeling that already. Um, mm. So, yeah, I'm hopeful. You, you really feel that the players are going to be looking at that, being very, will be very disappointed they're two and three. And if they are as good as we think they are as a team with the talent they've got, um, you'd hope it wouldn't take too long for that to sort of come out of its shell. Um, well, they need to start showing it all around. Yeah. You know, you can just have a go. You can just have a go at the play calling. Okay, so they need to improve play calling in whatever way you think they need to. You know, improve the play calling. I also, me personally, I, I do think the players have really got to step up. They are playing. They just aren't playing as well as they were last year. They look a bit, as I say, out of sync. They look a bit confused at times. They don't quite know how to break these defenses down. That you know, and it was obvious what was going to happen. And some of that is coaching. They should. I mean, it's not the most obvious thing to do if you're going to try and take away explosive plays. You've got to adapt. And um, yeah, I don't know. I'm still hopeful because, as you say, there's there's a lot of talent on this team. But they, everyone needs a good kick in the ass, and everyone just needs to. Start performing, basically. Um, okay, so uh, we'll be back on Sunday with our online tailgate, 4.30 British time, 11.30 EST, and we go out on uh, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. And, of course, Nathan and I will be back uh, next Monday night to hopefully um, acknowledge a much better performance and, more importantly, a win in New Orleans. Uh, to all those that are going out there, have the best time. Very jealous, actually. I've New Orleans is on the bucket list, I have to say. Um, uh, but until that time, it's time for me to say, and I will say it right now, it's a who day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys.
And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.